learning and becoming and the journey along the way. Hello. Um, so, t- <laughs> so today we are talking about something that we've touched on a few times in a few prior episodes, but I've never really talked about in depth here, despite uh, discussing it all the time together. <laughs> and that, my friends, is screen time. Yep. I love it. Last week we discussed movement, and I feel like this is like that Monty Python thing. Like now for something completely different, <laughs> screens. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it really is. <laughs> but I feel like this is a really important discussion because obviously technology is such a key part of our lives today. And I mean, you and I use it daily to mm-hmm. maintain our relationship. Um But I also think that both of us have had these moments in the past few years where we've kind of questioned our relationship with screens and even come up with some some new ideas around them. So I feel like this is this discussion is really about that, about being intentional about screens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. So then let's get to it. Um, Let's start by what are some three what are excuse me. (laughs) What are three words, Jess, that come to mind when you think of screens? Um, escape. Mm-hmm. Essential. Oh, yeah. As Good. in, I feel like it's essential to life now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all work on screens and yeah, no, it's part of, it's part of it. It's part of life. Yeah, totally. And um, the last, I was trying to figure out the last one. Because certain words kept coming to mind, and what I ended up landing on is tempestuous. Mm. Yeah. Which I think will cut as we talk about this, it will come out why. But it was funny because I feel like I have a maybe a stronger feeling about that than actually it exists in my life. But anyways, we'll, we'll get further. What about you? Yeah. So, uh, the first word that comes to mind is rules, uh, because, and not necessarily because I feel like I have rules, but because it's Mm -hmm. just like, that's kind of the first thing that everybody wants to talk about, you know, like, I mean, I grew up with rules around Mm -hmm. various screen times, having kids, like people always are talking about how much screen time kids should have, even just mm-hmm. people, you know, it's Lent right now, you know, so people are like dropping off Instagram and taking breaks from <laughs> social media. So it's like, I feel like everyone just has yeah. all these self-imposed rules around their screen time. So that was the first word that comes to mind. Um, information is the other mm. word because obviously mm-hmm. like that's, you get a lot of my information via screens and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good one. What's uh, your journey with screens been like over the past, I don't know, all the years of your life? (laughs) So it's interesting. Um, I grew up obviously in the 90s Mm -hmm. um, and I watched a little bit of TV as a kid, but it was kind of like the classic stuff like Disney movies on tape, of course. Um, Nickelodeon was super big when I was a kid. I, I think it probably still is, but... I had an older brother, so I watched Ren and Stimpy. Do you know what that was? Yeah. I feel like that was something a lot of my friends that were my age did not 
did not get. Like there were some early Nickelodeon shows, Ren and Stimpy, You Can't Do That on Television, which was like I super loved that show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> super, super like a forward thinking kind of comedy sketch comedy for kids Mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff kids my age didn't really know about but my brother was like five and a half years older so I had like a little bit of a peek into Mm -hmm. um but then obviously the other the other shows like Rugrats and Doug that were really popular on Nickelodeon um I will say though that the thing that I really loved and I was such a dork at the time um, well, there are two is one. I, I watched a lot of movies on TMC, like old, old school musicals. I really loved mm. like I had such a crush on like Rock Hudson and like Robert Redford at, as like a 10 year old, which is really embarrassing <laughs> to say. I mean, looking back, I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> but <is> so funny. <laughs> um, but I also loved Nick at Night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And do you remember that they used to do these like it's called like block party summer um where every night of the of the like week work week during the summer they would have marathons of different shows and so I'd watch like I dream of genie and welcome back cotter all of those good 60s 70s wait a minute I just had like a horrifying thought and that is that if Nick at Night still exists which I don't know if it does I feel like it would be shows that I grew up watching as a kid now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wonder if it does. I mean, I we don't have cable, so I have no idea. Uh, I'll have to investigate that, make a note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I also had a lot of memories, and I, I feel like you probably had similar ones, of watching – Um, Well, not that similar, but watching baseball games, for me, it was the Yankees Mm -hmm. with my dad. Um, And I would, like, lie on the floor. He'd be in his leather, like, lazy boy kind of chair. Yeah. (laughs) And we would just, like, watch the summer baseball games. And, like, some of my first crushes were Yankees players. And I just remember that being a really important Thing. My dad, I feel like, is a big TV watcher, and it's but a lot of it is sports, so that yeah. was a big, a big thing for us. Um, but then once I hit my early teens, like I watched zero TV, and it was probably because I was just like one of those crazy overachievers. I know we talked last week about movement, and so I had swim practice growing up. I had then turned into rowing practice, and then I also I was like a theater kid too for a lot of my like childhood. So I was doing sometimes in the same night, like a sports practice followed by a theater practice. Then I would come home and do my homework. Oh my gosh. I'm just thinking about that from like a parent's perspective now and like, oh my God, so much to manage. (laughs) Yeah. I, yes, I, I fully am like, how, why, what? Um, But so like, I never watched a lot of those shows that I feel like a lot of people that I grew up with and for many people, they have these memories of, like, watching these shows as teenagers that were so important, like Dawson's Creek or Party of Five or 90210, Friends, Melrose mm-hmm. Place. Like, I, I have seen – I've seen a few episodes of Friends. I have not seen any of the other shows. Really? No. And so I, I just remember feeling a little bit out of the loop in conversation because I – 
didn't have the time for those shows. Yeah. I didn't have the time to watch TV. Um, I would occasionally watch like TRL when that was a hot thing because it was, you know, I don't know, a, a, like a, maybe a period of time that I would get like a quick break from my life. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I will say the other, the, the one thing though, because this is another screen is that we were a computer family. Oh, so yeah. We okay. had, yeah. We had computers super early. My dad worked for IBM. And so we had like one of, you know, those computers with like the humongous floppy disks. Yeah. I do remember those. <laughs> yeah. So we had that computer. We, we would just keep getting new computers. So we had laptops even when I was like 13 or 14. So like this is it's pretty early to have laptops and um my brother was like a classic computer nerd so loved to play games lock himself in his room and so like I feel like computers were a big part of my life growing up I had instant messenger that was such a probably the foray into my relationship with texting people uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I had a cell phone really early too because I was I actually took a train my freshman year of high school like a train across towns like an hour away to my high school so my parents were like up oh, we're getting her a cell phone like early flip phones so yeah so I definitely I had an interesting relationship with all sorts of kinds of screens I think growing up it was like very I, I have some beloved memories but then I also really just started to disconnect at least from television yeah um as I got older and I think that probably relates a lot to my relationship today. So what about you? Oh, well, when I first think about like screens in my childhood, the first thing that comes to my mind is that my mom hated MTV because of how <laughs> music videos portrayed women. So Wait, my mom hated MTV too, and my brother was not allowed to watch it. Yeah, I wonder it was like if it- a directive. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, th- I swear I – I don't even know if this would be possible now, but I swear my mom like somehow managed to get MTV not part of our cable package. Oh no, you know, no, like- you could do that. You could call the cable companies back in the day, because you could. I feel like you know that some families had like certain packages. Yeah, like I, we never had the Disney Channel package, I, which I was always bummed about because they had New Kids on the Block concerts on there, and I did not. Yeah, but them, I but like, feel like you could MTV also block like, MTV. Oh, okay. So you could block it. So I was going to say, I thought it was like it. part mm-hmm. of just the standard. Yeah. Okay. So then that was definitely blocked for some of my childhood. <laughs> um, but the other thing, like mostly when I think about screens and my childhood, I think about like, like my family time. Like we had shows mm-hmm. that we all watched together. Um, like mm. when I was really young we would watch the a-team and night rider together um so interesting yeah and then when i got older uh my mom and i used to watch er like when i was in high school every thursday night uh and on new year's every single new year's eve yeah we would watch um the three stooges marathon that was like a thing on i don't even know what Mm. channel it was on but that used to be every new year's eve we would watch it um then when i went to college my er watching continued uh instead of it being Mm. with my mom though my best friend from high school it was all of the girls who i lived on the third floor of our dorm together we would always um, order frozen yogurt from this place called angora cafe in boston wait 
yeah, I've heard of that place. I was yeah. going to say, I'm like, wait a minute. That is I, like definitely one of those places that comes up on like delivery yeah, options and you, Grubhub. It's like really good like sandwiches and wraps, but we would all just get like a bunch of frozen yogurt and they would deliver mm. it. And then we would sit either in like the, what do they call it? Like the lounge area or squeeze into someone's dorm and just like cry our faces off while eating frozen yogurt and watching VR. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny too, like now that you talk about like, well, your relationship with TV and this show ER, mm-hmm. because for me, I would never watch a show like that because it's, and we'll talk about this, but I'm so averse to violence and like blood on TV, mm-hmm. but it's so knowing you and the kind of stuff that you watch today, it, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. This well, tracks. I, I don't really watch comedies. Like I, I was thinking about that when you were talking where I don't, I didn't really watch friends either. Like most of the television that I've watched and that I'm still drawn to is mostly like dramas like the hour-long you know Mm. drama crying crimes all that stuff which actually like Mm -hmm. uh, my husband and I like our quality time usually includes um television but it's always like a murder show uh so (laughs) dateline we love datelines (laughs) 2020s id channel which is like investigation discovery which is just all murders we also love a good uh uk detective drama on netflix like what give me Um, an example of that luther is a good one um hold on there's what's that like is this like a dextery thing that's not yeah No, Dexter. No, no. Dexter was like Showtime America. Okay. No. Okay. So Luther, I'm – oh, my gosh. Jason's going to be so disappointed in me, but I can't think of the names of anything. Um, One was called Missing, I think. Oh, gosh. It was oh, so good. The God. Fall. Yeah. We, we have a lot. <laughs> Just the titles of these alone are, like, going to keep me up at night. <laughs> I mean, they're really – don't – you should not watch them. They're all very sad, but so good. I don't know. I love it. It's – I don't know. I can't explain it, but I love, like, sad, dramatic, traumatic television shows. Um, so fascinating. Yeah. And then – But so you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also love reality television. That's uh, usually my mm-hmm. go-to when I have a night in the TV to myself. My husband would not – choose reality television but I will tell you that anytime I've sort of suggested it and he's been around he does get sucked into it so (laughs) Um, that's great he's just doesn't care if I watch it without him which is nice um and then of course sports were always like a really big thing in my house when Mm -hmm. I was growing up I was raised on Syracuse basketball and the Red Sox and Patriots games Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, he was born in Boston and passed his love for those teams on to me. And he actually, as you know, Jess, he died um, a few years ago unexpectedly. And when he passed away, we were actually watching a Patriots game. It was on in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, that was pretty sad. And then it took me a while. Like the first football season after he passed away, it was very hard for me to watch. I took mm-hmm. all of the losses like really personally it was like and I mean like crying like like as if I don't know I I remember it it felt it was like a a connection that I had with him you know like uh, so much of our relationship Mm -hmm. was um rooted in sports and the Patriots specifically um so that when he then he passed away and I felt like it was a way to kind of like stay connected to him 
totally well I mean I feel like sports in particular there's something so like shows can be nostalgic for sure but I feel like there's something especially because I have the same kind of relationship that you had with your father around like watching sports but there's something super nostalgic about like a sports game like the quiet of the night I feel like you once told me a story about your dad like listening on a radio or something like that as a kid. And I I feel like that kind Mm -hmm. of emotion, it's just so, there's something that really connects you um, to like the rise and fall of a game and to enjoying it with somebody. Yeah. No, it was like, no, like listening to baseball games on the radio is actually like almost more nostalgic than watching a Red Sox game. But um, sports are like just something that's like so – I don't know what the word is like tradition and it's fam- it's like mm-hmm. very complicated <laughs> especially football you know like that's so problematic and yeah. weird and it's hard to unwind all of like why am I still watching this why do I still care about it and it's yeah but um for yeah. me anyway television specifically like that screen specifically has really always been a thing that's that brought the people I love together you know whether we're watching it actually in the same room or it's something that we talk about or connect over I that's how I always and still do yeah. like think about television I love that <laughs> it's such a novel idea for me because it's so the opposite but I it's so I don't know con- consuming meaningful content together is I could totally see that as something that brings people together yeah I wish I felt the same <laughs> <laughs> it's fine <laughs> And who knows? It could change, right? Like you could always. It could totally change. Who knows what your relationship with this kind of stuff will be as you, as like your kids get older, you know, because they might find shows that they really like and it could be a thing that like you find you enjoy with them and don't, don't write it off yet. I will say though, when you said something about watching with your mom, um, ER every week, it did remind me that there was another show that I, I actually did have a show that I watched with my parents every week in high school. Hmm. What was that? Sex in the City. <laughs> really? I totally yeah. – no, I can totally picture that. I feel like your parents probably – like. yes, I imagine. That oh, and my job. dad, yeah, totally loved it. <laughs> I mean, there were obviously, like, uncomfortable moments watching that as, like, a 16-year-old. But I, my parents and I were, like, biffs. I w- would have rather hung out with my parents than other kids in high school because I was such a nerd. But I loved watching that. That was an important one. It was on, like, uh, Style Channel maybe? Girl, I was on HBO. No, this was before. Oh, wasn't it? Or no? I don't know. I I only watched Sex in the City like the last few seasons. I was not. Was it always on HBO? Mm, Huh. I don't know. Now, see, now maybe the reruns were on the Style Channel. I'm gonna write that down too. Yeah, we have a lot to remember. Maybe I'm remembering (laughs) it wrong, and the reruns were on E or something like that. I don't know. But anyways, yeah. So I guess I did have a something, but I love I love the way that you talk about it because it's like so meaningful. So, so then what's your relationship with screens like today? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Not great. So first of all, I, I have a very, as I said, tempestuous relationship with TV because I really want to watch TV but I'm not good at it. Like, because I, like, 
disconnected from it starting as a teenager and like never dove back into it even in like college when people would get together and watch stuff like sometimes I'd go but I just like I just couldn't identify with it I just didn't find pleasure in it and so I like nowadays I'd say my husband and I watch tv like twice a week well I mean together Mm -hmm. he what does a lot of watching on his phone or like in bed when I'm asleep mm-hmm. um and it's like an hour max uh, those two nights like Friday night and Saturday night if we're home we'll which like lol we're always home um we will <laughs> watch um but it's really hard because we do not have similar interests in media so content. what's the common ground you guys have found what are some of the shows that you have found that you watch together well so I like a if it's available, it's a non-negotiable. We'll watch Great British Baking Show. Mm-hmm. Like that is my wheelhouse. Like I did. I uh, as someone who loves to cook and bake, like reality cooking competitions are something that I will fully, fully dive into and become attached to. And Great British obviously is one people can co- become very obsessed with because it's super wonderful to watch like it's very gentle and light and pleasing and there's nothing dramatic about it which means that I love it mm-hmm. um no, not really stressful <clears throat> or sad not stressful or sad um easy to pay attention it's not like very chaotic um yeah. we other shows that we've loved are abstract which is also on Netflix it's like very it follows like some sort of an artist like there was this very interesting one about this guy who designs type like like different fonts which was super fascinating oh wow um yeah for me super fascinating (laughs) um and like chef's table like Mm -hmm. a food food stuff occasionally we'll fall into some good documentaries um like there's one called echo in the canyon that i really like like music documentaries mm-hmm. um yeah it's like all non-fiction i will say most of the stuff that we we watch is either non-fiction or is that is that like a genre i don't know <laughs> um, reality, well, like reality, like reality. they're reality shows like didn't you tell me there was a glass blowing competition show you like to watch oh Yes. I mean, it was a comp, it was like a one season thing, but I would a hundred percent watch the next season because it was just so bizarre and <laughs> awesome and interesting for me. Um, yeah. but yeah, so that's the kind of thing, although it's, it's like, you know, whenever we get together, like one of us is pouring the cocktail or getting the ice cream and the other is like, okay, have to start finding something because who knows how long this could take. So <laughs> that's how bad it is. Um, yeah. And then uh, with, like, personal devices, screens, um, I have, like, a great love of, as we all do, our phones. Um, Obviously, you and I are part of a few Facebook groups that we Mm -hmm. belong to that we engage with all day long. (laughs) Very regularly. I I, I love to scroll on social media, too. Like, I check in on my nemeses daily which are usually people who don't I don't even know in real life but either have a disdain for or love to watch live their lives I don't know maybe this is you know (laughs) that sounds normal I relate to that yeah 
Totally. And I feel like that's kind of that kind of scrolling is probably what a lot of people get out of watching like reality TV that is kind of like a train wreck to watch. I don't know. My father-in-law the other night was like, you don't like we don't watch TV. Like, what do you do to unwind? And I would say, like, I scroll a bit. And that mm-hmm. sometimes it like scratches an itch of like numbing me out. I don't have to pay attention that much, but I get to like look at something. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I use my phone a lot to FaceTime, to text with you all day long until my mm-hmm. fingers fall off, <laughs> FaceTiming. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I would say I struggle with the habit as I'm sure many of us do because just even the habit of like reaching and picking up my phone, even with no intent and my fingers just know what to do, sometimes gets me weirded out. Like, oh God, this is definitely another appendage. And, um, you know, I definitely am always trying to redefine this relationship. Mm-hmm. You're not alone um, in that one. I think a lot of people are struggling <laughs> with the same thing. Totally. And I mean, I definitely, I have a few things that I do do. I have set times that I have um, like downtime on my phone so that it helps with my sleep. So if I'm, I, I notice if I'm on my phone after 9 p.m., I will have a harder time sleeping. And I know that's like mm-hmm. a, a thing. Um, and I also just have these moments or I've been having these moments for a while where I will be in a situation usually with my family and maybe I'll be looking at my phone and I'll be like, why am I looking at my phone right now? Like Mm -hmm. there's no reason. And so I definitely have been asking myself that a lot and, um, you know, just am I missing something right now that I would regret missing? And hey, sometimes the answer is no. Like sometimes I'm like, yeah, this is not a, a critical moment that I'm watching my kid color or something like that. But sometimes the answer is, yeah, like put it down. It's definitely not necessary right now. So I feel like the best example of that is like feeding my baby mm-hmm. because um, like if she's awake and her eyes are open, even if she's not looking at me, I have made it an intentional thing to not look at my phone. To mm-hmm. put it down, like not even bring it in the room. But once she falls asleep and she's still eating, she's like sleep eating, which babies do. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yep, give me that Insta scroll, like text <laughs> Selena, like figure out what the temperature is tomorrow. So, oh my gosh, you know, it's that, a little give and take. That just made me laugh because I'm so far removed from like that season of my life. But I've. <laughs> wonder like I'm now thinking like how many times do I think I dropped my phone on my kids heads while I was feeding them oh, <laughs> like yeah I mean that's definitely a fear of mine too because she's also very grabby she's 11 months old so it's like you know she's or, aware I'm thinking of like those early like it like you haven't slept in weeks just like oh. looking at your phone at three in the morning and everything's kind of like what's happening just oops, sorry <laughs> in the twilight zone and it just you just drop it yeah oh god yeah. well they're fine they're they're still alive so. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing okay anyways yeah what about you what what's what's it like for you today so one of the words that I think of uh what I think of my most recent uh history with screen time and I didn't 
list it at the beginning of the episode because I feel like it's so specific to this time that I'm living now or my Mm -hmm. recent history is Lifeline. Um, Mm. Yeah. And I get really defensive. Like clearly like you and I have had have similar relationships with social media like we use it the same way or even screens but we met on social media we did we did but I just get really defensive when I hear people talk shit about social media um and Mm -hmm. you know like write it off make it sound like it's not real or the connections aren't meaningful people should get off their phones and find hobbies and relation build relationships that are right in front of them all that makes me so mad um and I guess I, I get mm-hmm. so mad because social media it offers so many people the opportunity to find safe spaces when that aren't available for them in their like the rest of their real lives. Um, totally. And, oh my god. I mean, isolation. I feel like it's like helped people not feel isolated or not feel so alone. Right. Like there are just like social justice movements have been organized online. I think back to like Black Lives Matter started from mm-hmm. a hashtag. Um, and then mom groups, as you and I both know, are critical to the mental health mm. and well-being of so many women and their babies. Um, yep. and when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I was 38, and I was desperate to hear stories from um, other women in the same situation. Um, and yeah, you know, there are in-person support groups people can go to, but they are, mm-hmm. let me tell you, they're really hard to get to when they only meet one time a month and you're a working mom of two young kids with a partner who happens to be living in a different state at the time <laughs> that you're going through treatment. Yeah. So these, mm-hmm. like, in per- these, I mean, excuse me, not in person, but all the breast cancer Facebook groups that I joined and I'm still a part of were just critical to me. Like I was able to go there and ask questions and talk about things and just read through things. And it was like, okay, here are people that get it, that have been through this. Mm -hmm. It was like a light at the end of that tunnel, you know, a little bit of hope that I needed that I just didn't have in the rest of my life because nobody else I knew was my age and had been, what was going through cancer treatment. So I think that's like, to me, the most important part of it, because like how, like if you took a step back, even if you had your community through maybe your doctors or like you know the network that you had built um, your, of your like medical support team and mm-hmm. and beyond, like ha- sure maybe you would have met like one or two other people that had this exact similar experience to you as a young person diagnosed with breast cancer. But if you tap into the magic of social media, you have so many more experiences and stories that are available Mm -hmm. to you, so many more um, people that can support you through this. And I feel like that's the thing that's so amazing about it because it really broadens the possibility. It does. And it's like the the sharing of resources and information, Mm -hmm. product recommendations. I mean, even in the mom group, you know, like or mom Facebook groups, people are constantly recommending things that you maybe wouldn't necessarily think of or little tips. And it was the same way in like in that group, you know, just like things to do. And it's like, oh my gosh, everything tastes disgusting. My, like, I can't even drink water. Mm -hmm. It's slimy. And people are like, do this. Oh yeah. Okay. That helps. Like, you know, I don't know. It's just little tips and tricks that you only know if you've walked through it. <laughs> so, not to focus on the bad stuff, but the one thing I know you and I have talked about though is like the concept of selling via social media and that like <sighs> so much of the social media landscape now is 
kind of like marketing, but it's marketing through this guise of, hey, I'm an influencer and I'm your best friend. And so people feel like they're part of a community, but it's truly, um, and it's not, nobody's, this isn't like a secret. Most of these people know that they're doing this. This is their, their job, um, but is to like tell you about the things that you need, even if you might not need it. Mm, I think it's, and it's kind of the capitalistic um, consumer kind of vibe and I mean listen we all live in it and I am 100% influenced by even just things that I see that are pretty pictures with zero intent to sell me something I'm like oh I love that pretty picture I want that vibe but Mm -hmm. it's definitely a part that I know I struggle with and that we've personally talked about um, on this podcast before that is kind of complicated yeah, I have a lot of feelings about like social media influencers um, in terms of living in my screen. And the ones that I follow now, honestly, like this is are like hate follows, to be honest with you. I don't mm-hmm. follow any influencers that are actually like um, influencing me to buy things at this point. I think the people that I check in on are like, I'm just so disgusted with some of the the things that they say and do and how it feels like there's no real um like the only intention they have behind doing like spawn con is to literally just make money you know it just mm-hmm. it just seems like whoever comes well, along I think it is that's their job often right so i know it feels predatory and it feels inauthentic that's i guess the the best way I can put it and I don't like it <laughs> yeah um anyways okay what about well, tv tangent, yes in terms of tv I just I love to use it to a mind at the end of the day um it is a nice little escape before I go to bed and start the chaos of my real life uh, all over again what are you watching right now so oh I'm so glad you asked. So right now, I just finished watching this delightful, chaotic gift called Love is Blind on Netflix. Mm. I'm not sure if you know about it or have started watching it, but it is truly just, it has made my world a better place. It has been wonderful. (laughs) It's like reality It's everywhere right now. Yeah, so do you know what it's about? The premise? It's amazing. Well, I'll tell you I do it. know what it's about. <laughs> no, I know well tell you tell me a little bit more about it. I know it's like um it's like well obviously like people who have never seen each other um are dating without seeing each other. Yes. Tell me more. Yeah, so it's basically like people date and fall in love without ever seeing each other. They just build these really intense, intimate bonds, emotional bonds through the conversations that they have through the wall of their pods. That's what they call them, the pods. Mm -hmm. And then after they've fallen in love and gotten engaged without ever seeing each other, they meet Mm -hmm. in real life and then they go on a vacation. So it's like they kind of ease them back into reality. They go from never having seen each other and only like having like, you know, their connection in the pod. Then they see each other and then they go on a vacation and then they go back into real life, but they immediately like move in together in, into these apartments mm. and then they plan a mm-hmm. wedding and the wedding is at the end of the like the final. So you episode. see like who makes it or not? Yeah. I mean, they don't show everybody. You, you We only follow one, two, three, four, five. 
hold on, five couples? Mm-hmm. But there were more than that in the show, but you only like follow. But yeah, no, you see, it's it's fascinating. It's really interesting mm. because they do like make these really intense con- emotional connections through just like talking to each other. And I, I was watching it thinking like, oh my God, I would love to go into a pod, just talk to people <laughs> all day long about like things <laughs> in my life and get to know them. Like how, I don't know, I like I don't know. know I like about. it too. And it's well, like it's funny too. You take away like all the pressure of all the other bullshit, and you're just like mm-hmm. purely getting to know somebody. And don't get me wrong. Like I think that for a long term romantic partnership, sure, you're if if you want to have like a sexual connection, then that needs to be there. Sure, a physical connection. But I also think I don't know. There's it's such a beautiful thing. I just love it so much. Like how people oh, opened up yeah. and got to know each other. Well, I mean, why this appeals to me, and I'm not sure if you had similar experiences and why I'm excited to see it is because I had two very long distance relationships Mm -hmm. for, I don't know, in my 20s that were really important to me in my history. Um, And if anyone's been in a long distance relationship, I feel like they know that how powerful it can be, like how deep you connect with people dating that way versus dating in person like when I think back to those relationships versus some of the other short-term relationships or shorter-term relationships that I had in my 20s it's like okay the amount of time that you spend just like talking about everything you get so deep so fast I know so Makes sense to me. <laughs> I anyway, I just love it. And then, of course, it's like I said, there's like drama, and it's really just like what? Because we don't see all of it, you know. You, it's like implied mm. that they've they know each other, but mm-hmm. but still, you're just like what in the hell? And you're listening to how they talk about me, and you know, I'm like feel like an old married lady. So then, also, you're listening to people talk about how they envision marriage and what they want it to be, and I don't know. It's, I loved it. I think it's great. Uh. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm I'm excited. Don't tell me anything else. No. About I no spoilers. Don't worry. I won't. <laughs> what else? Anything else good? Yeah. I watch a lot of the Bravo Vanderpump Rules is like just a classic in my mm-hmm. life. Um, what is that show? A Million Little Things. It's a drama on I think NBC that's like really sad and triggering in a million different ways, but I still watch it. <laughs> God. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, what are the main characters? I'm triggered just hearing cancer? you say it. Oh, God. But it's just Polina. so good. I don't know. I feel like I get to work out some of my own things, like, when I watch these things. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'll watch TV, and I'll cry, and I'll be like, wow, I have real feelings about this. And then it's like I kind of worked through it, or at least I got to, like, mm. touch part of that iceberg, you know, that a lot of times things kind of just, I don't know, you don't really get to express all your feelings all day long (laughs) so sometimes I wanted a show or a book or something that's going to help me do that I love it so that's yeah that's (laughs) meaningful (laughs) I know you're like not me no thank you (laughs) (laughs) okay well what how have you gotten to this place today like what have you had to let go of to get to this place of of consuming your content today in a way that feels mindful or intentional? Well, that's a really good question. Um, Well, I think one of the things that I had to let go of that I don't know if it necessarily like 
helped get me where I am now with my relationship with screens. But I definitely, as um, my oldest son got started to get older, like was no longer a baby, I had to stop watching the news um, Mm -hmm. on TV because Mm -hmm. as anybody who lives in this world knows, it is a terribly sad, heartbreaking, violent, evil hate-filled place out there and that is what is all over the news and I just can't expose my children to that kind of stuff so we stopped watching the news Mm -hmm. and I don't I can't stay up late enough to watch the 11 o'clock news so all of my (laughs) news comes from um my screens my phone I get a lot of my news actually on Twitter I follow a lot of like news channels I follow a lot of journalists I follow a lot of like really smart people that seem to be, you know, so I don't need to go anywhere else for my news. And then once I see it on Twitter, I then confirm it with other friends or, you know, then we'll look on Mm -hmm. actual news channels. But that's one of the things I had to um, give up. But then another thing that I think, I mean, you and I have discussed this a little bit at the beginning of our art of becoming like the earlier seasons, but part of what I had to do when I was finishing up cancer treatment was I needed to figure out how to like heal my brain, if you will, um, mm-hmm. from the, from the chemo brain and the tamoxifen that I take every day, you know, it was like heavy brain fog. And one of the ways that I knew I needed to like, or one of the things I needed to do in order to fix my brain was I needed to be a lot more mindful about how I was consuming screens because it's so easy to just like shut your brain off and like go onto autopilot. And when you already feel like you're functioning cognitively at a lower level than what you are used to be capable of, it, um, I just wanted to sort of like, I don't know, do whatever I could do to read, to, to get me back to my baseline, if you will. Totally. And so in the back, a couple of years ago, I really was much more um, rigid and strict about screen time and how I would spend my free time. Like I, I spent more time reading and in t- even though it was really hard, like I was like, Nope, I can't mm-hmm. look at, I can't scroll through Instagram. I need to like read. I need to read words. meditate. I need to like do things with my hands, you know, like um, I was making my necklaces and all that stuff. Um, I mean, thank God for that. Cause this, so much of this stuff that we're doing here is because of that. Oh, I know. I love it. And I think it's such an important part of my story. And I think that it's kind of, for me, at least it's like the proof is in the pudding. I don't know why I just wanted mm-hmm. to say that. I feel like that's such a, <laughs> a, a I don't know, like an old person thing to say, but it's true. Like I feel like yeah. I've I've done the work and I've done things that people suggest that you normally want to say, no, no, I'm not going to do that, mm-hmm. but it works, you know? And now yeah. I'm at a place where I'm, I've figured out how to manage that um, and how to, what my brain needs in order to um, function at a level I'm comfortable with. And now I can have a little more screen time in my life. Um, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my, I guess, what that's where I'm at now. What about you? Well, I don't know if I'm letting anything go or that I've let anything go. I mean, I definitely am letting go of this feeling that my husband and I might get divorced because we can't find anything to watch on TV together. Like, (laughs) 
letting that go. That guilt is not necessary. Um, <clears throat> I guess um, I'm definitely thinking about like what I want to do going forward, like what my intention is around this more so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm always, I don't know. I had this thought this weekend. So my it was my husband's birthday and we were um, – I made like a little photo book for him of memories. And one of the memories was this time when we were dating in New York city and we went to Coney Island and yes, I am somebody who does not watch a lot of dramatic and violent things on TV. So surprise, I'm also not somebody who likes roller coasters. Um, (laughs) But when we went to Coney Island, my husband at boyfriend at the time managed to get me on the cyclone, which was my very first roller coaster besides what's the one space mountain in Disney. In Disney yeah. <laughs> which I'm not sure if that's like really a roller coaster. Um, and it was my very first one and it was probably like the most terrifying experience of my life. Like I remember screaming so hard at that like feeling that you get when your your stomach is dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, people, and, by the way, a lot of people like that feeling, Jess. <laughs> well, I know, but what I'm saying is, and this is why I'm using this as an example, is that it's funny because it was like the most terrifying, terrible experience. Like I was just like so ready for it to be over. And I definitely Mm -hmm. didn't get to the end of it and be like, I want to do that again. But I definitely, it's like doing a polar bear plunge. Like sometimes you get to the end of it and you're like, whoa, that was cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I look back at it and I'm like, that was so interesting. And the reason I'm telling you this story is because I am curious, like especially when you talked a lot about like, experiencing emotion through TV or like work processing or Mm -hmm. and getting to the end of something and being like, wow, look at me. I'm a feeling person. Like I'm kind of curious about that. And it's an interest of mine. And no, I don't think it it means I'm going to like go watch. I don't know. Like what's the Irishman? Is that like a super violent movie that is on Netflix? I don't know. I'm not going to, I haven't seen it and I don't know if it's a movie or a show. I don't know what it is, but yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm not going to go watch some like, gory movie just to feel for sure no but like I am definitely I think it would be a good idea if I just like tried like even just tried I like that well if you need any recommendations I can I can get you on like feelings light shows (laughs) so you don't have to go well I I have been curious like I know you guys loved Fleabag and I have not been (gasps) able my husband will not watch it and so Mm. I I really want to try Fleabag out because I know that that's really also funny, but that's it one. Is, it's so good. It's funny. It's just sad, but not in a way where you're going to feel like devastated. I can't sleep. No, yeah. it's not like that. It's just really spectacular. I don't know. It's so unique and special and I'm so uh, – yes, you should watch it. It's only two seasons. It's uh, mm-hmm. British TV, so it's like – I think those seasons are what four or five episodes. It's not a big investment of your time, and it's really mm-hmm. just brilliant. Please, actually, yes, watch that. Report back. I'd love to talk to you about it. I think it's the second season is just perfect. Uh, yeah, so I think that's like where I want to go, and then, uh, you know, honestly, like always managing my screen time relationship. Like 
asking myself that question, like, does this matter right now? Because a lot of times the answer is no. And like beginning to be more intentional, not beginning. It's like a constant, a constant thing. But, you know, putting, Mm -hmm. putting my little screen time limits in has helped too. So that like my phone is like, hey, you can't be on this now. And I'm like, oh, but do I really need to be on it? And then that, (laughs) that just that pause is like that. It's like, what we do in meditation, like noting, mm-hmm. like, is this, is this something I want to do? That, that little extra step is, is where the intention comes in for me. So. Right. But once you have that thought, yeah. that's when it becomes either like you've made the choice to do it, or it's just like, you just do it out of habit, you know? And that's the real difference. It, well, exactly. Yeah. And like, hell's yeah. Sometimes I am like, yep, I do need to do this. And that is totally, totally fine. <laughs> I like it. I think it's good. I support this. Thank you. And I can't wait to report back on my my shows. Thank my you. stories, as you call <laughs> yes, them. Yes, your stories. Oh, it's going <laughs> to – yes. What about you? Do you have any intentions around your screen time? Yeah, I do. And this has been like an ongoing thing that I've always um, – I feel like I'm always trying to make this a goal. But I really want to get better at just putting down my phone – when I like from the time I get my kids after school until I put them to bed you know it's like Mm -hmm. I just even when I'm cooking dinner I don't need to be like scrolling through my phone like I can just put it down and I I feel like that's it's such a chaotic time in my house Mm -hmm. and I just need to start showing up as present as possible for it even though sometimes I want to just not be present for it because it is really chaotic and hard (laughs) but I just don't need to I don't know if I'll ever be a person that's like I put my phone in a bowl by the door and I didn't get it until I go to work the next day like that's just like okay congratulations maybe when you have kids I don't know I'm curious I think I feel like a lot of people that do that they're like we do it because I have kids and like if I don't if I want them to be off theirs then oh the walk or something when they're older maybe I guess but I just know I don't know. We're all going to have like f- chips in our heads oh, by then. Right. So it's not, the t- technology <laughs> will be very different back then. But like, I just, I think that's what I want to do. It's like, I need to start with just, I don't know, putting it down and just focusing yeah. 100% on them because I know that that's time that is, I don't know, you know, as a working parents, you only get so much time with your kids every day. <clears throat> And I know that that also just ties back into my original intention for the year, which is connection, you know, more connection. Mm-hmm. And what better way to feel connected to my kids than to be actually like not fully with them, looking mm-hmm. at my phone and with them. So, hey, I actually love this. And I similarly love the idea. Like, should we do a little accountability on this? <laughs> um, and like opposite accountability, like essentially – like, could you and I n- not text each other between the hours of like five thirty and eight thirty? Because I like I feel like I feel like we might have done this once before when you had some limits that you were putting on your yourself. But maybe we could enable each other by not being the people that text each other. Yes. I like that idea. You know, we're both so good at responding to each other's texts. Oh, yeah, I see like, you text. And I'm like, good. Hello, hi. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> Hold on, excuse me. <clears throat> I love that idea. So, should we start that tonight? See how it goes. <laughs> yeah, let's let's try it out. Let's 
we can talk about the hours, but. <laughs> and I'll text you as soon as it's over. <laughs> Check in, see how it went. <laughs> I love it. So any wisdom to impart or an, or ideas, um, like are there any questions that you think that someone who is looking to be more intentional about their screen time or maybe has some new shows that they want to watch um, should ask themselves? Well, I mean, I think it – hold on. Let me back up and say wisdom is not – I don't want to call it that because <laughs> we're all struggling on this screen time journey together. I wouldn't say that anything we have to say is like wisdom. Nobody se, knows. But I do think it no. goes back to like what we say all the time, and that's just like understanding, asking yourself why, like knowing your reason behind doing something. And um, I guess also just – giving yourself permission to enjoy screen time. Like, I don't think that we mm -hmm. should, it's, it's not the enemy. There's nothing wrong with it. It is totally okay to have, um, mindful mindlessness, you know, like not mm. everything has to be. I love it. that term. <laughs> Thank you. Not mindful every mindlessness, you know, like as long as you know, like, yes. okay, I'm going to just like scroll Instagram or I'm going to just fall down some weird hashtag rabbit hole. Um, that's fine. But I think if you're mm -hmm. doing it and all of a sudden you've lost three hours of your life, like that's a different story. But I don't sure. think there's anything wrong with just wanting to turn our brains off right now. There's so much noise out there. There's so much mm -hmm. terrible stuff. It's sometimes you just want to numb out. But I think as long as we cool. have limits around it and know why yes. we're doing it, then that's that's my wisdom. What about you? I love that. <laughs> I think it's the same. I mean, I – think that you know even the the concept of like nothing beats in-person connection like I would say like don't give in to the guilt obviously technology is here to stay like we can't, like I mean I know some people really work hard and hey like we're all trying to figure out our relationships with it but I feel like the the guilt that I sometimes see around um like people trying to be like screens are bad um definitely don't give into that um no. but yeah i don't, i don't know i think it's i think it's the same i don't think i have any other anything else to to add but i definitely think that if you and what i want to continue to do is like asking myself the question of does it matter sure like why why am i doing this but then like does it matter because i feel like like that for me, that question of like defining what matters to me in my life is it has evolved and it continues to evolve. And so it helps me direct my attention in the place that means the most at mm -hmm. the moment. And so moments that matter, um, being able to define those then helps me create the habits or the boundaries that are going to support it. Yep. So. I like it. Why am I doing this and does it matter? Yeah. So, yeah. I like it. I love it. This was a fun discussion. I know. When I first pitched this idea to Jess, she was like, I don't watch TV. I have nothing to say about this. And here we are. I know. <laughs> I know. And an it's hour really funny later. too. I did watch a lot of more TV than I thought that I did, at least as a kid. And mm -hmm. I loved – I loved hearing about like your relationship growing up with TV because it 
really it's like you're you're such a consistent person <laughs> and I just love seeing the the evolution of of where you were or what you watched um with who you are today I feel like that's that was really cool for me to oh. understand and it triggered some of my own memories too yeah see I'm glad we could uh unpack this a little bit and I don't know what's the word like undemonize screens a little bit oh yeah <laughs> they're totally. not the bad screens guy are not the enemy it's just as everything being intentional about it is is important exactly and all my best friends live miles and miles away and I the only way I can keep up with them as much as I want to is through a screen so I'm happy about it (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's it for today um as always you can find us on iTunes Stitcher Spotify TuneIn and more Uh, Please subscribe and leave us a review. You can rate us too, but the reviews really make a difference in helping us know uh, what you think, and it also helps others find our podcast. Yep. And you can also find us on Instagram at Art of Becoming, on Facebook at The Art of Becoming Podcast. We also have a website, um, artofbecomingpodcast.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter. Sometimes we send emails. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. That's it. Thank you again, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.